are listening to Africa Rights Talk, a Center for Human Rights podcast series hosted by Tatenda Musinahama. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. My name is Wilson Masharia, an LLD candidate at the Center for Human Rights, University of Pretoria. And I also work with the Disability Rights Unit of the Center. This shall be a special episode running under the theme of Tech for Rights, which is the campaign being conducted by the Center for Human Rights in 2021. I will be having a conversation with Mr. Silva Francis Oonyo from Uganda, who is a disability rights advocate in Uganda and in East Africa. So first, I'll let Mr. Silva introduce himself. Hello there. My name is Silva Francis Oonyo. Uh, thank you very much, Wilson, for that wonderful introduction. Um, a teacher of the visual impaired and a drill fellow, Digital Rights and Inclusive Learning Lab 2021. I have been in the digital rights uh, campaign since 1995, and uh, I'm happy to do the interview. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Silva. And I think perhaps it goes without mentioning, but I'll mention it anyway, that uh, Silva is visually impaired, in other terms, blind, and myself too. And the reason we're having this conversation is because we both use technology in our day-to-day activities. So, Mr. Silva, the world marked the Global Accessibility Awareness Day on March on May 20th, 2021. This day symbolize anything for you as a technology user? Yes, it does. To a large extent, it is a move in the right direction. For example, globally, we have got to realize that there are those people who are left behind as far as digital rights is concerned. For example, job success with speech, the one that we use to access websites in Uganda is not available to many people. Very, very few out of the 2000 uh, uh, that, that I have in my center, not many have even seen job success with speech. When you look at uh, what's happening in primary schools in Uganda, not many children who are in primary school have even ever been shown computer, a laptop with a job success with speech, Joe's. So the Global Access Awareness Day of May 20 means a lot. For the first time, I am... Uh, Pleased to note that it is a call to action. Everyone has to advocate and raise awareness about the need for access, especially for those ones who cannot access the usual way. Those ones who were used to be known as uh, welfare recipients, those ones without rights, now we have a right to access given this. So there is a call that is made on the 10th, on the 20th of May, 2021. We need to come on board and everyone from all aspects of life needs to join. That's what it means to me. It is a call that everyone has to come on, especially given COVID-19, where everyone is to work at home, do online courses, function in your office at home. How is this possible if we cannot do it because of the challenges that we have. So to me, it's a step in the right direction. Perhaps just to inform the listener, JOS uh, or in other terms, Job Access with Speech is a software program which is installed on computers 
and helps persons who are visually impaired or in other terms blind to navigate uh, the computer. It simply reads to them what is displayed on the screen. Of course, there are other softwares that are usually installed on phones and other digital gadgets. But Silver, just to follow up on the conversation that you've just uh, we've just had now, what is the current situation of digital accessibility for persons with disabilities in Uganda. Is it something, is it bad? Do people have access to uh, accessible technology? Well, to a large extent, it is very, very sad that there is not much that is going on in Uganda as far as digital access is concerned. Well, the government of Uganda established the ICT ministry, ICT, Information and Communication, ICT, Technology, However, if one examined, for example, the curriculum in the primary schools, the curriculum in secondary schools, the curriculum in the universities, uh, what the National Council for Higher Education does is to recommend programs for universities in Uganda. Not much. There is not much that is found in as far as that is concerned. Well, there was a workshop. That was organized by Oster and Pals in conjunction with the University of New York in Northern Uganda in Gulu. They wanted to find out the extent to which blind girls in Gulu can access their network and also be able to navigate websites. They found that if these students are supported, they are taught, they are enabled, they are able, able to construct their websites. However, that one is a drop in the ocean. Primary living examinations, for example, not much is mentioned about ICT. In secondary education in Uganda, they have just introduced computer studies. And in A-level, they have just introduced ICT. Before that, it was, there was not, not much, despite the fact that the whole ministry of information and communications technology is established by the, minister of, uh, by the government of Uganda. So very, very few people access, for example, information on smartphones, very, very few people access information on computers, despite the fact that they are phones. So the phones that are there are exclusively for people who can see. The computers that are there, internet cafes are in towns, the internet cafes are in urban centers. However, these internet cafes cannot be used. It's rather sad that most persons with disabilities, not only in Uganda, but also in Kenya and other countries in Africa and also the West are facing similar challenges. In Kenya, for instance, we have a problem where the technology is available uh, thanks to a number of disabled persons organizations which are bringing them but persons with disabilities are not aware of these technologies. So I often tell people that technology does not only make things easier, but also makes things possible for persons with disabilities. And I use myself and my experience so far as uh, an illustration. But Mr. Silver, what impact has technology had on you or the limited access to technology has had on you? generally? Well, technology has been everything to me. I'm able to read the news, 
every day. In Uganda, we have the news online, the newspapers like the Daily Vision, the New Vision, like the Daily Monitor, the Red Paper. I read my emails and I'm able to even access websites. I'm able to participate in drill programs. I'm able to conduct lessons online. So it is an enabler of everything that I do at home, at school and in the community. It is the engine without which I wouldn't be able to move. I wouldn't be able to drive myself. It has enabled me get connected globally. I have projects that I, I deal with. For example, I teach for free. I volunteer at my center, Silver Memorial Inclusive Learning Center. And I sit and I get connected online. I teach. I teach the blind how to use keyboard and keyboard skills, without which I wouldn't have been able to do so. So it is everything to me. I wish it would be the testimony of all persons with disabilities in society. But so for us to achieve an ideal world where every person with disability or at least most persons with disabilities who need access to these technologies in order, in order to make their lives possible, you know, what can the government do or other relevant stakeholders to enhance access to digital accessibility? Well, first and foremost, we need to raise our awareness. We need to continue what was started on the 20th of May 20. The Global Awareness, the Accessibility Awareness Day, we need to continue. Then too, we need the government of Uganda and other governments need to establish departments, need to situate that. We have technology as a component in teacher training programs, for example. So that when the teachers go down, the technology aspect, especially for uh, the blind, especially for the deaf blind, especially for those children and persons with additional, those ones who need it most, they, it should not be, it should be demystified. For example, I tried to introduce it. The language alone for job success speech was so strange and it, 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 it discouraged. Two, the prices. Job success with speech, for example, on Freedom Scientific's website is about $1,000. Uh, from sight and sound, it is about 800 pounds, given the poverty in Uganda and East Africa, given the fact that most people on average even live on less than a dollar, they find that it's really prohibitively expensive. So there should be a way to find that the government and all stakeholders and all people of goodwill in Uganda and are out there would be able to donate. I know that there are some uh, softwares that are free, for example, uh, for example, the NVDI from Australia. Those ones have their limitations. You know, when free things are free, uh, they are really uh, not free as such. They have their limitations. Uh, there should be also training. Teachers and all those should be trained. There should be further research into the challenges that prohibit the use of these technologies that really are everything to persons with disabilities, including myself. And you mentioned very critical and important steps that should be taken. And one of them is the prohibitive costs of accessing these digital technologies, especially those which are accessible. Personally, I often shy away from responding to questions such as, where did you get that device or how much did it cost you? Because sometimes it costs as much as even getting a car, you know, which could 
would be quite prohibitive for an individual with disability. And maybe as we wind up, what is the ideal situation? How should the society be with respect to digital accessibility for persons with disabilities? And while answering that question, you can also tell us, do you envision a time when majority of persons with disability will say they have access to these technologies? Well, <laughs> Of course, the ideal is hard to come by in Uganda. For example, I chanced mine here. Mine was bought, mine has freezed a bit. Mine, my, mine was bought at a, to equip my computer. We used to about 6,000 US dollars. Now, when you change that to Ugandan currency that time, it was about 17 million. <laughs> that one could have bought me. I almost said, Kulisi. You give the money to me, but because I knew there was nothing that I could do without technology, I prefer to have the jobs, my, my, my computer equipped. Otherwise, the situation would be inclusive in such a way that everyone should make it a point. Because if we don't make it a point, we shall continue leaving these guys, persons with disabilities, those, the blind, the lame, the deaf blind, and those ones with additional disabilities that need technology most perform. So just like you need a pen and a paper so as to be able to function, given the fact that one can see, that time when everyone blind should be having a computer uh, equipped with job access with speech and other software that enable access is what I envisage would be a good one. But it is very, very far because in my country here, if we are to be many who know, who have this equipment, we cannot exceed 20 in Uganda. Then they know how, how to train. Those ones who know how to train, we are not many. There is only one university in Uganda, that's the Chambogu University, that trains the teachers in assistive technology, for example, out of the many. So even that one has a defunct system. The department is not as robust as it should be because uh, this is what we need most to be able to, to function in line with the Global Awareness, Access Awareness Day for uh, uh, that was celebrated globally on May 20th, 2021. Uh, you, you've also mentioned that you envision that that situation, ideal situation, would take a long time to be implemented in Uganda. Are there any good practices, uh, perhaps from other countries or states that you have seen and that could be emulated? I would like to emulate the practice in the in, in, in United States of America and Canada. For example, I was in Pennsylvania I was in Pittsburgh. I chanced to work with the Allegheny Intermediate Unit. Uh, the founder of that unit is my teacher, Brenda Lofrey. And I asked her a similar question. She said, no, first of all, it is upon the state to provide this equipment for these children. In fact, the priority is a blind child. The priority is a child with disability. In the U.S., the equipment, the parent doesn't meet the cost because these things are really, this equipment is very expensive. The parent uh, together with the other people of goodwill in Uganda should emulate what happens in, a, in, in the United States. Of course, these are developed countries, but without this equipment, these children are without. So I would think, I also visited Kenya. I was at Fika School for the Blind. Even equipment as compared to the situation in, in because I have a small unit called Smile in Isoroti. Uganda, the situation is in Ethiopia is much, 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 much better. So what is happening in Kenya should also be emulated in Uganda. But some governments seem to turn the blind eye. They are trying, probably because of the challenges, because of the technology, because of the know-how, because of not enough research to see what we could do to further uh, ICT and access for these people who need it most. Probably we need to do more. Otherwise, we would emulate what is 
is happening in UK. We'd also emulate what's happening in the US because these are children who shouldn't be left behind. In line with the United Nations Convention for the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, we need to come on board and implement inclusive education in its fullness. Thank you. Thank you for bringing, highlighting the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, which also recognizes the right to the right of persons with disabilities to access uh, technologies, assistive technologies and other devices that may help eliminate the constraints that they face on a day-to-day basis. I think that's all from my end. Thank you very much, Mr. Silva Francis Abonya for joining us today. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to talk to you. Uh, perhaps just to inform the listeners that this podcast was more focused on use of technology by persons with visual impairment, uh, in other terms, blind, but technology also aids people with other types of disabilities, for instance, those with hearing impairment, those with physical impairments, and also those with mental and intellectual disability. That's all from my end. Thank you very much. This has been Africa Rights Talk. Join us in our other episodes as we continue to explore other human rights issues.